another episode of can you dig it a podcast by silver screen and roll and sb nation lakers community you can follow us over at lakers sbn or check our work over at silverscreenandroll.com my name is christian rebus and i like my co-host jacob brood uh, i'm trying to focus on recording this episode for you guys while keeping track of this warriors clippers game and boy jacob doesn't my does it break my heart to see the wrong la team in the playoffs it's a weird feeling still. I know they've been to the playoffs a couple years in a row now. It's even worse that we have to watch Zubots out there in the playoffs, although he hasn't and, played a whole lot. But Yeah, and, and Landry Landry Shamit, honestly. Cause oh, I, think, I was big. Yeah, I think a lot of Laker fans were high on him in the draft. It just it made no I, – I don't get – I didn't get the Mo Wagner pick. I still don't, but I especially didn't get it over Landry Shamit when he was on the board. I get, like, in hindsight, would I take Mo Wagner over the likes of DeAnthony Melton and Elia Kobo? Probably, but, yeah, definitely not Landry. I think everybody everybody knew, and especially uh, our, our colleague at Silver Screen and Alex Regla, he was really big on him as a prospect, and he was he, he hit the nail right on the head. It He wouldn't, yeah, he makes so much sense in today's NBA and he has been better defensively than uh I predicted in these playoffs. He's actually been really good. So yeah, yeah that, he's guarding that one's gonna Curry stay. right now, isn't he? Yeah, he's guarded Curry, Clay. Jesus. He has a long enough wingspan. He could guard some threes. I don't know that you want him guarding Durant, but right. he could probably guard Iggy. Um man, it really sucks to see the Clippers doing so many good things. God yeah. uh and the Lakers are are on the opposite side of that spectrum, and it's gotten to the point where the the dysfunction in the franchise has caught even the players on their team off guard. And there was a report, um, or I, I should use the term "report" loosely uh, because there has been a little bit of controversy surrounding this report from David Benjamin. Uh, of ESPN hopped on the Sedona show on ESPN LA 710 uh, and gave a little insight on what LeBron James may be thinking about the current situation in the front office. Uh, there, his report was that after Magic Johnson resigned, there was a loss of trust between LeBron James and, and the current front office. And um, shortly after the report, less than 24 hours later, LeBron James took to Instagram uh, and posted a pretty funny video with a the probably the funniest laugh I've ever heard. I don't uh, it multiple times and like <laughs> look it up myself to make sure that wasn't fake. Yeah, um, saying that the reports weren't true that there's there's no rift between him and the front office. But I mean, Jacob, could you could you really blame him if he was upset at at where the team is right now? Not in the least bit. I was actually a little surprised that there weren't or that there wasn't a report sooner about him being upset. Um, for all the wrongs that Magic did, which we discussed at the start, he was the mastermind behind 
picking Mo Wagner. Um, right. He, I mean, I also think he was, I don't know, mastermind is the same thing, but LeBron came here um, at least partially because of magic. He wants mm-hmm. to be the type of kind of business mogul that magic is away from the court. Um, it was magic that was there at midnight to talk to him. Um, so I don't know how much, uh, how much that played into him coming to LA. I think the further we get away from the decision, the more we realize that he was probably coming to LA regardless. Um, Mm -hmm. I think that, uh, yeah, I think I, I mean, I was surprised it didn't come out any sooner. Um, he, uh, he has every right to be upset. I mean, I think I've said it before. Um, I don't fault Magic for stepping away. I actually am kind of happy that he chose, um, that he left a situation he wasn't happy in. Right. But man, the way he did it was awful. And this is kind of a ripple effect of that. And when you just blindside your entire franchise, it, I mean, there's a lot of talk about Genie and Palinka in the front office being blindsided. LeBron's just as blindsided as anyone else. And right. he has a ton of power. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I don't blame him at all if he would have been upset. I mean, this front, front office is a mess, and they have to build a contender, and they have at most three years to do it, and LeBron's in the twilight of his career, so... I mean, there's a sense of urgency, and they're toiling away, sending emails, been CCing people in them, and who knows what else, and wasting his years, basically. Yeah, and again, it's it, it's that point of the off season. It's the news is slow, so any report that comes out is going to be put under a magnifying glass, especially with the Lakers. Now that they're not in the playoffs. And yeah, there was that report, if you want to call it that, by by Rick Buecher uh regarding the the emails. I know you I know you wrote it up. So I'll let you take this one. Uh, <laughs> this was it's, bizarre. It's a doozy. <laughs> this was bizarre. So according to Rick Buecher, um Magic had made some comment about kind of backstabbing or something like that right? Uh, yeah. during his press conference. So according to Rick Buecher, basically what happened is Genie, by force of habit, just CCs Magic and all, all of her emails regarding basketball Lakers stuff. And at some point, Genie and Rob Palenka began more or less trashing magic for how bad he was doing right on an email thread that magic was cc'd in and it obviously got around to magic it was in his inbox (laughs) and magic was yeah this is so bizarre uh magic was obviously upset not just at the thread but also that genie wasn't like coming to him to tell him, hey, there's some concerns, or hey, or going back at Rob and saying, hey, magic is fine. Genie was just kind of rolling with it. And that at least played some role in magic stepping down. Now, 
truly, <laughs> I can't say enough how bizarre a story it is. It's also Rick Buecher has been hit or miss on, on sourcing. So consider the source, but there's just been so much chaos with the Lakers that at this point, I don't know what to and not to believe. Yeah. And if it weren't for magic Johnson saying himself at his impromptu press conference announce, announcing his resignation, which is still like one of the funniest sentences to say out loud to me. <laughs> yeah. The, and it was fact... only two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah. It, it feels like it was last year. Honestly, this, this off season has been so long and we're not even in may yet. We're not even um, really in the off season. The playoffs <laughs> are going on. So it's, it's been an absolute mess. And, uh, but my point being, if, if it weren't for magic Johnson outright saying like, you know, I'm tired of all the backstabbing. Um, you know, I wouldn't buy into this report even a little bit. Uh, but I mean, it seems to line up with his comments. And if that's the case, the Lakers are in even bigger trouble than I thought. And boy, did I think they were in trouble. So you, you see reports like this. You see everything that's gone on in the front office. They don't have a president of basketball operations right now. And they interviewed Jason Kidd for the head coaching job earlier this week. You, the Lakers have have had better times, to say the least. Um, and I think if you're LeBron James, the most frustrating part of all of this is that you came to the Lakers thinking that th- they had just pushed the reset button two years ago. Uh, I, I think it was Kobe Bryant that told Jeannie Buss right before LeBron James signed, called her up and said, listen, if you're going to get your guy, if you're going to get the guy you want to get, you need to push you need to detonate this front office. You need to you need to do what you have to do, um, and so she did. The only problem is is that I and I wrote a story today on Silver Screen and Roll, and I, I kind of likened it to the Fire Festival. And it's just like <laughs> they sold LeBron James this vision of like you know playing in LA, getting to compete for a championship in the purple and gold, uh, having your jersey in the rafters, and it's like first season no playoffs. And then by the end of your first season, uh, we're going to be looking for a new president of basketball operations and head coach uh, because both left on their own terms. It's not a great look for them, and it's definitely not the situation LeBron James thought he was coming into. I think that's the biggest thing, that last part. It's not the situation he thought he was coming into. I mean, part of the reason he left Cleveland was because the front office was a chaotic mess. Right. Um, I I mean... It's hard to say that he didn't see this coming because, as you said, they had just cleaned house, um, and it looked like they had a more stable front office. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I'd imagine he thought he was getting away from that type of situation, and here we are two years from hitting the reset button on the front office. We're hitting the reset button again. Um Kind of, except for Rob Polinka being around. Yeah, that's that's kind of the other most bizarre thing to me is that there's just been nothing about Magic's position. Um, they had to, if I if I'm not mistaken, they basically created the position for Magic when they hired him. Right. Well, so Jim Buss was the executive vice president of basketball operations and it everybody has a different title for it and and that's one of the popular ones is the executive vice president i believe if i'm not mistaken uh, that's the president david griffin was getting with uh, is is getting with the new orleans pelicans um but yeah the the position 
was somewhat made for Magic Johnson, but there were two people in the front office. Like even when Mitch Kupchak was there, Jim Buss had the final say on everything that that was going down. Yeah, so I guess at the end of the day, there has been two people there um, at all times. So I mean, even going back, Jerry Buss and Jerry West were both right. both there as well. So. Um, it's really odd that they just are still doing nothing. Maybe, I mean, I still don't believe the theory. Maybe they really do have a somebody lined up on a playoff team and they just have to wait because that's about the only conceivable idea I would have right now. Um, because it wouldn't, otherwise it makes no sense to just sit around as long. If you're not going to, if you're just going to promote Rob, just announce it. Right. If you're not, just announce it. Just give some clarity. <laughs> Say something. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was willing to kind of give him a pass for like a week or so because that whole – like the magic thing is just such a huge blindside that they weren't remotely prepared for it. But like now we're getting to the point where it's like you just have to acknowledge that there's an opening there that you haven't filled. Yeah. Like you don't even have to fill it. Just say, hey, guys – We'll eventually get to that. So it's that type of like uncertainty and that this isn't how a normal organization runs. So I would, I'm really surprised that LeBron came out today and said he wasn't upset with the (laughs) Lakers front office because I thought for sure when Dave McMenamin said that yesterday, I was like, okay, well, here it goes because this has been a long time coming and he's going to throw, I thought it was a good thing that he was going to start throwing his weight around and, t- and basically give them an ultimatum of, Hey, get it together or I'm leaving because that's probably the biggest power move he has left. Yeah. And I think to your point, cause I don't, I don't know the, the, the like I said, the weeks have just gone by so slowly. <laughs> I don't, I don't even know if we talked about the whole shadow shadow executive conspiracy in the last show, but um, I mean, I'm sure a few of our other hosts on the network have talked about it, so we, we won't harp on it too much. But I think the thing that's really understated in all of this, like even as an optimist to say, you know, maybe there is somebody waiting in the wings. Maybe they do have a big name executive lined up. They could just ask permission to speak to another team's executive general manager. What another, a, a person that's employed by another team they can just request permission to speak to them during the playoffs. Like literally everybody else has done this <laughs> off season. And if they don't do that, if they're in contact with, with this shadow executive without requesting permission, that's tampering. And I thought ridding them of magic Johnson <laughs> was a big step towards, you know, the end of that. But it, I mean, again, it's not like they're first time offenders. If they get, get caught if they get caught tampering for the third time in 2 years, I think there is a very very small chance that the you know, the loss of draft picks aren't involved, especially if it's with somebody like Bob Myers who's still under contract with the Warriors. If he's signing off on every move the Lakers have made this offseason or lack thereof, like just coaching candidates they're talking to, that's real big time tampering. That's not just, you know, uh, emails with with Aaron Mintz who had two clients with the Lakers at the time. Like that's b- probably the biggest tampering fine they'd get. 
I'm not sure. I I was discussing this with some friends. I'm not sure how much you can actually find a team. I know they fire they find the Mavericks five hundred thousand dollars um, with that whole investigation they did during the season. Right. I want to say that w- they find them that much because that was the most they could. Um, I don't know enough about the CBA, but you're talking like maximum level fine. You're talking multiple draft picks when it would be such an easily avoidable situation. Like you said, you literally just say, Hey, can we talk to your GM? And then voila situation is handled. So (laughs) I, you would have to have so many other conspiracies to rationalize why they wouldn't just go to a, um, go go to that team and request to talk to that team. Yep, yeah, it makes, it makes be, no sense. You have to be a a serious optimist at this point <laughs> to look at yeah. what the Lakers are doing and going, eh, no, I think they got something up their sleeve." And it's like, "Yeah, the 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 their ace in their deck is is Rob Polinka and Kurt Rambis. That's their plan right now. That's what you're waiting yeah. on, bud. Don't I wouldn't hold my breath." Um and for that reason, I think, I mean, for all the reasons we've listed within a span of 10 minutes, to go through all of that, I think that just speaks to where LeBron James' mindset is. It's just like, I don't have a coach. I don't technically have a president of basketball operations for the organization I play for. What's the plan here? And I think even if they do get it all together by this summer, this summer has very serious implications in terms of where the Lakers are, are going to be in the standings next year. Cause you hear all the time, the Lakers were fine where they were before all of the injuries. They were the fourth seed in the Western conference. They had just beaten the golden state warriors. Um, you know, on Christmas day, it was a statement on Oracle arena, yada, yada, yada. That's all true. But I think it's important to know that the 11th seed and fourth seed we're only separated by like three games at the time. They like, were closer to the 11 seed than they were the one seed. Exactly. And I, I I think if if you try to run it back with that same roster and a healthy LeBron James next year, like 82 games of LeBron James, I think you probably sneak into the eighth seed. But they can't afford to do that. Uh, and a big reason they can't afford to do that is because n- next summer is when they'll, they one, they have to spend all of their money. Because mm-hmm. they have roughly $38 million in cap space that if they don't spend this summer, will just be taken up by the cap pool Brandon Ingram will have next season when he's a restricted free agent. The other big thing is this summer is really the last summer they can use to justify that D'Angelo Russell trade. I have people in my mentions every day giving me different reasons as to why the Lakers traded the Angelo Russell because of his maturity issues, because they needed a cap space for LeBron James, uh, because they really like Kyle Kuzma in the draft. They're all really tired responses to a trade that was made way sooner than it needed to be. Um, and, but to, to make that argument, sure. The Lakers opened up cap space for two max players they have one right now, and their last chance to get that second one is this summer. And if they don't, I I genuinely don't know what, what the plan is going to be going forward. I feel like we've said it for um, 
a couple consecutive summers now. But uh, this is the biggest summer in <laughs> in the at least recent Lakers history. Yeah. Um. The for all the reasons you just stated, I mean, they have to do something with the money this summer. Um, they have to get some free agent. Otherwise, the D'Angelo trade looks horrible. It already looks pretty bad now. Well, Jacob, what's who is the worst player you think the Lakers can, can sign this summer that would make the D'Angelo Russell trade justifiable? I would say either probably Kimba Walker. Yeah, and I, I'm right there with you. My thing is, I think in order to be in that Kimball Walker train, you have to be pretty confident that Russell's ceiling isn't going to hit that or surpass that. Uh, I think Kimball's a really special player. I think he's kind of underrated, and I don't know if Russell will get there, but again, I think at this stage of his career, you can probably make the argument, and the fact that you can do that, I think... Kemba just meets that that borderline. Yeah, I mean, I personally really like Kemba, but yeah, I mean, it's not out of um it's not crazy to think that D'Angelo will be better than Kemba. Um the argument you could make is that Kemba's better right now, which is why you would make that trade to win now. Yeah. Um yeah, I would say him. I was thinking Tobias Harris, but I don't know whether I'd rather have D'Angelo over Tobias. Um, I'm, I mean, that's also kind of a moot point because I don't see Philly letting him go. Right, um, and I think given the roster construction as well, um, if you had to choose between Russell and Tobias with with this existing roster, I think you lean towards Russell. Yeah, because Tobias is probably at his best um, playing the four I would say and that's where about three other Lakers need to play um so yeah roster construction wise um D'Angelo would be better but yeah I mean Kimba's probably the fourth or fifth best free agent so I mean you're talking pretty high up there um somebody they have to go out and sign so that they don't walk out of that D'Angelo Russell trade with egg on their face um so yeah, I mean this is a really huge summer that they're just bungling all over the place 2 weeks in. And the biggest question to me among all of this is obviously with the draft lottery that's out of their control. We think I I remember <laughs> the year Magic Johnson and Rob Palenka signed on, they posted that picture with Adam Silver and I thought to myself, this is it. Lakers are winning the lottery this year. They only got the the number two overall pick. I'll take it. But um, I don't imagine their relationship is is as good because of the way they've made one of the most storied franchises in the league look over the past few years. So I don't know if, if Silver's going to rig the lottery this year. But uh, again, I'm down for a frozen envelope. <laughs> I am. It, lottery's out of their control. Um, but. In all likelihood, they'll stay outside of the top 10 with that 11th pick. And it's not a particularly deep draft class. So uh, will they keep the pick? Will they trade the pick? Who knows? Free agency, though, if you can't 
knock it out of the park in free agency, or if you don't make a blockbuster trade for a non Anthony Davis all star, because I think we're at the point where it, it, the requirement to get the Pelicans job was probably you can't trade it. You can't trade Anthony Davis to the Lakers. As long as you don't do that, you're qualified for the job. And it's, and you know, <laughs> shout out to them for getting David Griffin. I don't know why the Lakers didn't jump all over that him and LeBron James, from what I understand, still have a pretty good relationship. So that was a real head scratcher. But um, besides the fact, if the Lakers don't absolutely nail it and and build a surefire contender around LeBron James this summer, at what point does he say, like, listen, man, I'm in the twilight of my career. I want to get a few more rings before I'm out of here. Is it out of the realm of possibility that LeBron James leaves Los Angeles to play winning basketball elsewhere? Uh, no. Well, man, (laughs) I don't know. The fact I'm considering it isn't great. Um, the, my immediate answer is no, because he didn't come here for the basketball. I don't think, um, but maybe he has everything kind of kickstarted and can, Go play elsewhere now uh, would be my guess. Um, I mean, he would have to stay here to film Space Jam 2 this summer. So uh, after that, I guess he's golden. Um, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's hard to determine because, I mean, it makes sense that he would want to go win a ring somewhere else, but also... He came to L.A. knowing they weren't really that close to a ring. So I don't know how much that matters to him. Um, It's odd to say that, but it's kind of one of those he kind of knew the situation he was getting into. Now, it's a much, much worse situation than he probably knew what he was getting into. Um, But, I mean, it's not like he came to a situation where you're like, all right, yeah, he'll definitely win at least one ring while he's with the Lakers. Right. Like there was a lot of uncertainty there. So um I would say things would have to go pretty awful this summer. Um it, they would have to hire some coach that he just absolutely didn't did not approve of. David Blatt. They'd have to hire David Blatt. Or Phil Jackson. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> uh have to hire one of those, have to sign a bunch of guys that just he doesn't like and didn't sign off on, which I don't even know how many guys he really doesn't even like. Isaiah Thomas. Um, <laughs> just, I don't I don't know. Sign a bunch of guys he didn't like and not trade any of the young players. And see, even then you could make the argument that they somehow could make a run at Anthony Davis next summer. So yeah, I, just but- don't, I don't know that they could that there's a scenario in which he demands a trade this summer, unless it gets really, really ugly. Yeah. And I, the, the only path to Anthony Davis next summer, from my understanding, which if anybody that's followed my work over the last three years, isn't always uh foolproof, <laughs> but um, the, their only path to Anthony Davis is um, trading Brandon Ingram. And he's a big question mark right now with his health. Obviously, we're all rooting for him to make that healthy return and no recurring issues. But the fact of the matter is right now, um, there's just no certainties with him. Um, Best case scenario for the Lakers in their Anthony Davis pursuit, at least. Ingram shows enough 
by the February trade deadline to where teams feel comfortable saying like, all right, this guy made the leap and he's healthy. Um, we'll give you a, a good player on a, on an expiring contract for him. At that point, you don't have his cap hold uh, and you can make that run at Anthony Davis. Um, but that would almost be the same thing as just outright renouncing him. Um, if you're not confident, you can get that player that you traded for back. So, um, yeah, again, I, I think really if they're going to, if they're going to get Anthony Davis, that needs to be this summer. Um, and again, if they're going to get anybody, they need to get them this summer, because if if you're going to make that blockbuster trade, you need to do it while absolving some cap space, unless you're going to sign Contavious Caldwell Pope to another $12 million deal, um, you know, to include in a trade. It's just not. They're not. They're not in an, in, an, in an ideal situation right now. Like you can't look at where the Lakers are right now, even with the thirty-eight million dollars they have in cap space, and say confidently, ah, I can see them going to the Western Conference Finals next year. Um, and I think a, lot, a large part of part of that is that they're not current favorites to land any of the big name guys. Like you go down the list: Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, Kawhi Leonard, Clay Thompson. Uh, and am I forgetting anyone? Mm, I mean, Jimmy Butler, if you want to include, right? Him in okay, group. so let's just say Jimmy, as of now, with the exception of maybe Jimmy Butler, the Lakers aren't favorites to land anyone. I mean, and to be fair, they were viewed as favorites to land Paul George last summer, and they didn't. So, anything that comes out before July 1st is basically white noise, but sometimes there's smoke where there's uh fire, I think is the saying, I don't know. I'm tired. Uh, <laughs> the um, point being, it, it, it just doesn't, this doesn't feel like a summer. The Lakers are going to hit a home run and they really, really, really need to. They, uh, the only path to them having enough money next summer to get uh, Anthony Davis is basically getting rid of Lonzo. Um, and renouncing Mo Wagner or declining his option. I mean, that's not super great. I mean, they could, you could probably keep Mo Wagner. Ingram's cap holds 21 million. And I don't think he'll get quite that much. Uh Um, so you could probably keep Mo Wagner sign Ingram and have enough to get Anthony Davis. But yeah, if you're kicking the can down the line to get uh, Anthony Davis, you're also going to have to choose between Brandon Ingram and Lonzo Ball. Ugh, that's that's not <laughs> great. Um, Which further shines a light on how important um, this upcoming offseason is. Because, yeah, they did a really good job, intentionally or not, uh, because I don't know <laughs> what they intentionally do anymore, <laughs> uh, of timing everything up to where you're going to be able to add a second max guy and have a whole bunch of young guys on the books um, before you have to pay them. And this is the way you build a contender, is you have a whole bunch of rookie deals of players who are, are exceeding the value of their contract and then get the big pieces around them. So in theory, they've done a good job in that regard. Uh huh. But yeah, like you said, we're two weeks in. Maybe things change, but it does not feel 
like the Lakers are setting themselves up to hit a home run this offseason. So let's do a fun little exercise. And I use the the term fun loosely here. Um, Let's just say everything goes really bad this summer. The Lakers end up with the 14th pick in the draft for whatever reason, for no other reason than the basketball gods are cruel and and have a sense of humor. Um, And then all the big names stand pat with the exception of Kevin Durant, who I think it's a foregone conclusion. He'll probably end up going to New York. Um, If that happens, if none, if none of the key contributors hit the open market because they see their current teams as a more desirable, uh, you know, destination than playing with LeBron James in Los Angeles. Um, And LeBron James decides, you know what? I'm out. Trade me. I don't want to be here anymore because this just looks like a giant blemish on my legacy if I stay here any longer. Um, If James, if, if LeBron James asks out, what is that? What does that trade package even look like? Because, mind you, LeBron James, not in his 20s anymore, for those keeping track. LeBron James, (laughs) I know it doesn't look like it on the court and off the court, but LeBron James is 34 years old, and midway through next season, he'll be 35 with at least another year on his contract and a player contract and a player option in the next season. Um, does a 34 going on 35 LeBron James still net a good return in today's NBA? So you dropped this on me right before we went live. So I didn't have a ton of time to prepare, but I've been kind of jotting down ideas while looking while we've been doing this. So we're going to start really outlandish and then go to ones I think might be more realistic. Hell yeah. That's the way to go. The Knicks, if they land number one, would they trade Zion for LeBron? Uh, Would you? That's the better question. In the Knicks situation, no, because, well, actually, (laughs) I mean, if you get LeBron, you have cap space. I think you pretty much guarantee yourself at least one of Durant or Kyrie. Uh, I mean, the Knicks are dumb enough. I think I could see them doing it. (laughs) Yeah, because I've thought about this situation myself. If the if the Lakers wound up with a number one pick, or yeah, I'm I'm not even gonna say a top three pick because honestly, the number one pick is the only pick that matters in the draft. Mm-hmm. I like players in this draft. Like I think Jarrett Culver is gonna be a stud. I think he's gonna be very good at the next level, in spite of that nightmare of a game he had. Um, in the championship game of the NCAA tournament. Point being, though, if the Lakers wound up with the number one pick in the draft and had a chance at at drafting Zion Williamson, I've gone back and forth uh, with what the return would be from the Pelican side uh, if the Lakers made that available. Like, (laughs) I've, I've asked myself, would the Pelicans have to include a sweetener for that number one pick along with Anthony Davis? Eh, I don't think, I think AD still, no, I don't think so. Um, here's the funniest one I wrote down. Brooklyn, would you trade D'Angelo Russell <laughs> and a couple draft picks 
maybe a sweetener, one of their other guards, Spencer Dinwiddie. Or for, Joe, Joe Harris. Yeah, or Joe Harris, if he can find his jumper again. Yeah. Would you trade that for LeBron James? Um, No, probably not. Yeah, but I don't think I, I would either. I, <laughs> I admire your uh, your ability to get our listeners mad. The Celtics. Would you trade... Uh, I mean, you'd probably have to include Gordon Hayward for contract. So Gordon yeah. Hayward, um, some combination of Tatum, Brown, and draft picks. I don't Man. think Boston would do it, so that, yeah. that's why I have it in the unrealistic spot. Uh, and I think you're asking the wrong guy with, with the Tatum, because I absolutely adore Jason Tatum, and I would... No, I would do almost anything to to get him on the Lakers if we're being real right now. I oh, would I'd lo- love I love Tatum too. He's a Duke I, guy. I would love to see him in a Lakers uniform and um like, I think the fit with with the team would be a little weird, but I mean at that point I, I don't even care, man. Just get him on the team. Like Boston is starting to run out of draft picks, but I mean they have four, I think. They have three this year. Um, and maybe Memphis is next year when they suck. Yeah, Memphis and yeah, so they would have. I mean, if you did something like Tatum, Hayward, and their own first round pick, because I don't know that they'd put in Memphis's for LeBron. Like, I think I would do that. I, uh, I think the 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 package they'd get back would probably have to be pretty similar. Uh, if not better than the package San Antonio sent out, or sorry, that Toronto gave up for Kawhi Leonard. I think you're looking at an all-star caliber player, young prospects and draft picks. Um, and when you look around the league for packages like that, for, for, from a contract standpoint alone, it's going to be a little tough. Not going to lie to you. Yeah. Um I think the funniest one I thought of, the return I'd be happy with, but LeBron James would be absolutely, I I don't know. I don't know what that man's capable with. If LeBron James got traded to Phoenix (laughs) for for the likes of Devin Booker, DeAndre Eaton, if LeBron James got traded to Phoenix, Arizona, oh my, that, I would, you, you know how they do that, uh, those behind the scenes, like um, reactions of players announcing they're getting traded. I would pay so much money to see the look on LeBron James face when he's, when his agent tells him, Hey, Bron, I think we're moving to Phoenix, Arizona. That would be incredible levels of petty from the Lakers. Like, (laughs) Oh, you're going to, you're going to request a trade, huh? Well, you're going to Phoenix. (laughs) Uh, I a couple more. The this one's probably the last unrealistic one. Would Philly trade Ben Simmons or a package around Ben Simmons for LeBron? Ooh, Lonzo and Ben Simmons in the backcourt. You have no two. shooting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it would be pretty on brand with what the Lakers are trying tried to build last summer. Um, just go full force with the whole no shooting thing. That would be phenomenal. Um, they, I seeing LeBron, sorry, seeing Lonzo and Ben Simmons just throw dimes all over the court would be really fun to watch. Uh, 
but in the half court, they would be absolutely terrible. <laughs> yeah, they would. And I am all the way here for it. Um, Jacob, unfortunately, that's all the time we have for today's episode. It was a lot of fun. Um, I, 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 b- before we go though, I would like to say on the record, I hope none of this happens. I hope oh, LeBron God, James yeah. is in a Lakers uniform for the duration of his contract, including that fourth year. Um, I don't think anybody's, or I shouldn't say that because I do see people in my mentions every day saying the Lakers should trade LeBron James, but I don't <laughs> think any, like, I don't want to say sane, but you know, any uh, basketball basketball fan doesn't want to see LeBron James uh, in their team's uniform. Yeah, uh, any sane one, yeah. That was a good way to put it, yeah, because I, too, have had people in my mentions in the last day blaming LeBron for all of the debacle that is the Lakers front office. So, yeah, any sane Laker fan wants LeBron in a Laker uniform. Well, that's our show for this week, guys. If you enjoy listening to us, make sure to come back next week. Our episodes post on Thursdays, usually. Um, and if you really like our show, you can head on over to iTunes, leave us a little nice review, uh, five, five stars. If you think it's worth that. And otherwise we will see you all next week. Uh, and hopefully the Lakers aren't still on fire. 